Honored to stand before you once again, just to give God all the glory and the praise because he's worthy of all of it. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm so deeply grateful because every time I think of his mercy and his grace, uh, it brings me to praise, it brings me to worship, it brings me to adoration. Amen? Because I know he's so wonderful. I just want to thank God once again uh, for Gospel Temple, for the family. Amen? Because we are all part of God's family, and I love you with, a, with the love of Christ, and I am so grateful to be a part of you. I just want to thank God once again for the Howell family. I want you to continue, continue to keep uh, Miss Becky in prayer, continue to encourage her, because like I said uh, several Sundays ago, uh, it is said that great man, wherever you see a great man who's married, there's a great woman beside him. And Miss Becky was and is definitely that. Amen? Yes. And one thing I'm, I'm learning, I've learned in my life and continue to learn that uh, honor cannot be surpassed. The Bible says we must give honor to who uh, honor is due. And uh, we must continue to lift the family up and to continue to pour our hearts and love into her because uh, she was just as instrumental. Oftentimes you just see the man of God up front, and a lot of times you don't see the women. But I want to let you know, uh, there's a great part. I remember telling my mom this years and years ago that the greatest asset to my dad's ministry was not the many churches he built, was not the many accolades he received, but apart from the Holy Spirit, it was my mom. Amen? And I know Miss Becky was that kind of a mother, and she is that kind of a person. I want to thank God for her. I want to thank you guys uh, for the prayers uh, that were sent up uh, for my wife and I as we traveled uh, to Kentucky last weekend over to the passing of her brother. Uh, she's here this morning, and I know she's uh, grateful. The family is grateful. And uh, we, we're so thankful to you for all your prayers. And I want to continue to ask you to pray for Brother Herbie this morning, too, in his absence as his family is dealing with the loss of his uh, grandmother. Amen. I know it, it is something, uh, if God prolongs his time, it's inevitable. All of us at one point or another, we will travel that road unless God comes back first. Amen? So please uh, be mindful. Please continue to encourage. Uh, show the love of Christ. I said this before, uh, that nothing else uh, separates us from the world as great as demonstrating the love of Christ. Amen? He says, by this shall you know that they know that you're my disciples, you love one for another. Amen? So we've got to demonstrate that love, and you cannot demonstrate something you do not have. So we must first by asking God to fill our lives to the capacity with his love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, in seeking God's face about what to speak on this morning, I've, I've got to share something with you. In my life, you know how excited I get about the Word of God. But this very week, something new happened to me. I discovered yet another and probably the greatest excitement of my life. You know, last night my wife and I were out to dinner and we were sitting here talking. And I told her, you know what I discovered this week? That if I live to be 5,000 years old, literally 5,000 years old, that I could receive revelation and knowledge of God from his word, a new one, every single day. And I would have only scratched the surface. 
I don't know about you guys, Gospel Temple, but that just created such an excitement in my heart. Amen? In my, in my daily study this week, just filling my spirit. Look, before I even preach this morning, I want to encourage you. Find ways, especially this time where we seem like so much uh, uh, death all around, and it seemed like in the body of Christ and also in the kingdom, there's a transitioning of those who have done what God has called them to do to now us who God is still calling to complete what he's called us to do. If you want to know the greatest way to move past this point is to find out what God has called you to do and do it with all your heart. Amen? Amen? Because the enemy, what the enemy wants is for you to pause or to stop doing what he's called you to do. Amen? And I know without a shadow of a doubt that is not the will of God for us, that we continue to do what he's called us to do. Amen? If you spent any time, just a little time, I told you, the little time I spent with Pastor Tim, I was thoroughly convinced that he was doing what God called him to do. Amen? Such a, a wonderful, such a powerful man of God. And I know if he were here this morning, he would be telling you the same thing. Do what God has called you to do. Keep pressing. Amen? Like Brother West spoke on last Sunday, we must continue to move forward. Hallelujah. Constantly in our lives. All this week, the Spirit of God, I tell you, every time, every time I stand to speak, from the time I leave, he begins speaking again. And this morning, something happened, which I, I, maybe it's a few times it's happened before. But whilst early this morning, kind of putting my notes together on what he wanted to speak on this morning, the Spirit of God began dropping stuff in my spirit. And folks, I'm not exaggerating to you. I am so excited about what God is showing me in my life. Now, you've got to get to that point where, one, your heart and your spirit is open to what God is doing. Because if not, it is a critical time. Remember, all the things we spoke about, faith, fear, understanding, the calling, the name of Jesus... It is for times like these. Amen? And as the Spirit of God began speaking to me all this week, I was, I was overjoyed. Yeah, I'm going to say it again. I was overjoyed. You want something to pull you out of the Spirit? Get in the presence of God. Amen? I am understanding now that my greatest anointing, my greatest excitement, my greatest joy is when I'm in his presence. Amen? You've got to find a way to feed the spiritual man. You know what the Spirit of God began to tell me? If you look at your life, I spoke in this, what, a couple of Sundays ago about the body? That there's nothing you can do on this earth without your body. Nothing. Amen? And he said, just like how every single day, there's many of us would not skip a meal. Right? And he said, just like the physical being, if you cease to feed it. Look, you could spend countless hours praying, reading the Bible, fasting. If you stop feeding the physical body, you will die. Amen? That is one of those laws. And the Spirit of God began telling me, he says, you know something? Your spirit man is exactly the same way. If you cease to feed him, 
he will shrivel up and die. Amen? And it is important that you continue to feed the spirit being, the, the, the spirit man of you, because like it is said before, we are a spirit, have a soul, but live in a body. Amen? And you've got to find ways to constantly... That is my challenge before I even start speaking this morning. That you find ways throughout the week to feed the spirit man. Amen? You've got to do it. Every moment, find a way. We live in the day and age of technology and information where there's no Christian, no Christian that should ever feel the spirit man needs to be starved. But so we've got the Bible on tape, on CD, on, on your phones. You've got all kind of great men who have preached wonderful sermons where the Spirit of God has spoken that we have now got access to. That years and years ago, folk didn't have it. But we have now got access to that. So we need to find out. That is how I speed my, that's how I feed my soul around the week. Amen? I find so many, this week I stumbled on another guy that I, I never knew before. Amen? And I begin listening. It's so powerful, the revelation. And I told you before, the news media is not going to cover this stuff. What the enemy wants is for you to spend countless hours watching as the world turns, you know, and, 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 and CSI Miami, and who did what, and all this kind of stuff, whilst the spiritual man goes lacking. But you see, when the enemy comes a-knocking, CSI Miami can't save you, amen? Empire is not going to be able to do anything for you. As the stomach turns, it's not going to... Uh, it can't do anything for you, all my children, whatever it is. Amen? You've got to find things that when the enemy comes, you could reach back and say, you know what? I have been feeding my spiritual man. Amen? So when you come in, not only is he strong enough, but he understands who he is. I want to share with you on a title that the Spirit of God gave me. Now, this is just the tip of the iceberg. And you know something? Our entire lives, we've got for God to pour into us. If you're wondering or gotten to a point in your Christian life where you say, I'm just kind of bored. What next, God? I want to encourage you to get into his presence. I know you've probably heard it a million times. It almost sounds cliche. Get into the presence of God. Okay, I say my prayer every morning. Some of us, before we go to bed at night, oh, gentle Jesus, meek and mind. I'm not talking about that getting into his presence. I'm talking about getting into his presence. You know, oftentimes we treat God and the Spirit of God like we treat a lot of our relationships. We see people and say, yeah, I know him. How do you know me? But I see him in church every Sunday. You know, I speak, I shake his hand. You don't know me. How are you doing today, brother? I'm doing fine. God bless you. You know me? No, you have no clue. You don't know each Many of us, the person you're sitting beside and have sat beside for years and years, you really don't know them. You have no clue. And that is the way we treat God. That's why oftentimes when you turn on the TV and you hear about all these horrible acts and you see the next door neighbor, well, we've been neighbors for 30 years. I didn't imagine he could do such. Why? Because you don't know the person. You have no clue. 
And that is how we treat our spiritual walk with God. We feel we could visit him from Sunday to Sunday. Listen to a nice message. And I know God. No, you don't know God. I want to challenge gospel temple on this ever-increasing thirst and hunger to get to know God, like Paul says, in the power of his resurrection. Amen? That when you stand before the enemy, unlike the sons of Sceva who says, we come in the name of Jesus, and the demon says, now Paul we know, this one we know, but who in the world are you? That when you stand, they must say, Bill, I know. Brother John, I know. Sister such and such, we know. That comes from you getting into the presence of God and begin to actually learn. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Then I will give you rest. You can't ex enter into this rest without learning. So I want to challenge you. First of all, begin to know each other. We talked about love and building love. Unfortunately, folks, you don't build love and relationships by passing each other Sunday by Sunday. Amen? You've got to begin to understand, spend time. That's one thing. The last uh, major thing Pastor Tim and I and Miss Becky is when he told me about the uh, 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 life groups and small groups. And that was his heart, that we really begin to build meaningful relationships. The world is, mis is filled with so many misconceptions because we don't have meaningful relationships. We don't know folk. And when you don't know something, then your mind is open for the enemy to put all kinds of stuff in there. And oftentimes, that's what we walk with, what the enemy is tossed in there. Here's what this person is. Amen? Because we hadn't taken that time. Now, I want to talk to you from the topic, it's already been supplied. This week, the Spirit of God, as I was sitting there over several days, and I trust you would take this. Now, I believe, it's, I believe it's for the entire body of Christ, but I held on to this, like this with a bulldog grip. And here's what the Spirit of God told me. For the rest of your life, I want you to live by this theme for your life. It has already been supplied. I need you... Listen, folks, when, that, when it sunk into me this week, I told my wife, we were sitting, I said, I, I, I feel it is such an excitement. I want you to understand. He says, whatever you will ever need in this life, not, I'm, you see, it changes the way you pray. Most of us pray to God asking him, I don't want to get into other messages, but that's stuff to come. Most times, we're pleading with God to do what he has already done. I hope this sinks deep into your spirit. 95%, okay, let's take it up. 99% of the Christian population, especially in America, we go to God pleading with him to do stuff that he has already done and has told you he's done it. Hence the struggle, Right? If I've left you every single thing you will need, then how your approach to me, your approach to me is going to be completely different. I've mentioned this many times before. My daughters don't need to come and plead with me about things that I've already given them. 
My daughters, when we leave here, they're not going to come home and say, Daddy, could we please come back to your house this afternoon? Right? When they're hungry, they're not, Daddy, let's have a meeting. We want to talk about eating, you know. Like, could we get regular meals, you know? It doesn't happen. Does your children came to you lately about that? No, they know if there's food in the house and they're your children, that is already part of theirs. Him, right? So hence, the level, our level and our conversation, our communication is different from someone who is not mine, who have not supplied their need. Y'all going to get this a little bit later. So the Spirit of God told me, I want this to be the mantra, the theme of your life. That every single thing you will ever need, I have already supplied it. Now, I'm going to, like I said, this morning is just the tip of the iceberg. Now, turn with me quickly to Ephesians 1.3. This is a verse I quoted several times before in one of my different messages. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual Blessings in heavenly places. I want to encourage you, if you hadn't been there, Brother West do a fine job in uploading our messages to the Gospel Temple website. Listen to the kingdom of God message. Right? If we are part of the kingdom, I told you, God has called us to live up here. Amen? He says, all blessings in heavenly places. The problem with us is we are so busy just living and groveling down here that we miss everything that God has put up here. And faith grabs hold of it from up there and brings it into our reality. Amen? It has already been there. But we've got to live the life on how we grab. Now, your life is going to consist on how do we get things from there to here. There are laws and rules. Now, I've said this many times before, right? Here is something, one of the things that we're going to get to in a later time, that the Holy Spirit began impressing into me. He says, I want you to think about the laws that are here. Think about the laws of thermodynamics and some of the other laws that we're reaping the benefit of. Cars, things that's happening now that 2,000 years ago or 200 years ago, if you were to grab a person from back there and time war from here, they would be absolutely mesmerized of what's happening. But guess what? The stuff was here 2,000 years ago. Galileo didn't create any laws. All he did was what? Discovered it. Einstein never created E. He discovered it. He didn't create it. Why? If he didn't create it, who do you think created it? It was there all along. The technology to build cars and trains and all this stuff, when they were riding around on horse and buggy years and years and years ago, guess where was that technology? Right here. Nothing got created. All man did is discovered it. And the Spirit of God began to impress us. He said, look, Y'all are running around groveling. We are worried about everything. I spoke two messages about fear. And many of us still holding on. We hold on to the fear like, oh, God, I, I, I know. But fear, I, I've had fear all my life. This I could, you know. 
God is saying, let go of that sphere. He says, I need you to understand this, Dex. All this stuff that you're sitting about, worried about, I have figured it out. I'm giving it to you. You sit in the midst. David says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. In the presence of all the things you're worried about. God says, I've already supplied your need in the midst of it. And you are worried about sitting around worrying about stuff I've already given you. All blessings in spiritual places. I want you to lock that scripture in. Lock it in. Write it someplace. Every time you encounter a need to tell yourself, God has already supplied it. Whatever I'm facing right now, he's already supplied it up there. Now, I've got to figure out how to bring it into my life. Now, the bulk of this message I'm going to preach from a scripture or a scripture passage. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 17, if you would find that quickly, we're going to read all the way through. Verse 1 through uh, 16. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew or rain these years, but according to whose word? It's right there, my word. Now, he established one thing. He stood on behalf of God, but Elijah said, Ain't going to be no rain, according to my word. Why is that so important? God demonstrated right here, when we live in him, we will be able to speak with his backing and also sometimes speak on his behalf. Speak with his backing. Now, Elijah couldn't stand up before the king. This evil king, who the Bible says was probably the most evil king of all the kings before him. Keep in mind now, he had just gotten through slaughtering a whole bunch of prophets. Because I don't think we get this stuff sometimes. We read the Bible, we don't understand what's going on. Many of us, the first sign of trouble, we want to cry, oh, no. Here's a man who's standing before one of the evilest kings in the history of mankind, who had just got through him and his wife, slaughtering a whole bunch of prophets, and he's standing and saying, you know what? Ain't going to be no rain according to my word. Y'all can let this marinate. The next time you're tempted to be afraid. Now, let's read on quickly. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, now we see where he spoke and God backed him. Now we see him speaking on God's behalf. Get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself in the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. All right. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. Here's something else we need to... When was the brook there? How long was the brook there? The Bible didn't say. It's been there for a while, right? So, he said there's going to be a famine, there's going to be no rain, and God sent him to something that was already there. He didn't just create it. He said, that brook has been there. Long before you were even born, I had the brook of chariots sitting there. <laughs> Half the nation worrying about where they're going to get a drink of water. I had something way back. When I put Adam and Eve, I already had that brook set aside for you. So he sent him there and he says, I've already commanded uh, the ravens to feed you there. All right, let's, let's read on. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord 
For he went and dwelled by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. He went and did. Now, we observe there, it says, and the word of the Lord came to him. Now, it's very important that we understand how. When it says the voice or the word of the Lord came, the word of the Lord comes to us and he speaks to our spirit. Amen? I'm sure he wasn't walking along and all of a sudden some words and a plaque just fell out of him. Oh, there's the words of the Lord. He spoke to his spirit. Amen? It is very important that we understand when God speaks, he speaks through your spirit. What happens is because we are carnal, and that sometimes we have a tendency. I grew up hearing that word, and it's like, oh, carnal, terrible. All it simply means you're fleshly. Amen? We live in the flesh. We're carnal. Also means we live by our senses. Carnal, the flesh. We live by what we see, we taste, smell, hear, all this kind of stuff, and we govern our entire life. Why? Because that's how we are. That's how we were born. But I'm here to let you know God is calling us to a level that the Christian man must stop living simply by the carnal things. Amen? Your natural senses are going to lead you astray every single time. Why? Think about it. The Bible says God is a spirit. And them that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, if God is a spirit and he speaks through the spirit, it behooves us that we begin to understand how to communicate and to receive communication in the spirit. The reason we are not tapping into the resources God has given to us is why? Because we are constantly dwelling in the carnal, in the fleshly mode. We only, God, if you can't show it to me, if I can't smell it, see it, taste it, I don't know where to go. And God is saying, all right, thank you very much, I heard you. Now come on up to my level. Why? I've given you a spirit. It's not like I've just given you the carnal and left you alone. I've placed a spirit inside of you that you need to connect with me. Why? Because all the stuff I'm going to give to you is going to start flowing through the spirit. Amen? Let us read some more. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh and so on and so on and so on and so on and so on. And he drank of the brook. Go to the next one. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain. Now, <laughs> first he spoke and said there's going to be no rain. God sent him to a brook. And now the brook that God sent him to because of what he spoke, the brook dried up. All right, this is getting good. Let's read some more. Hallelujah. And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, again, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belonged to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Hallelujah. Read on. So he arose, well, keep, put a note in verse 9. We're going to come back to that. So he arose and went to Zarephath, Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering sticks, and he called her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. All right? Verse 11. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. This guy keeps wanting more stuff. All right? Let's read on. And she said, As the Lord God liveth. Now, this is one of the most interesting passages. She starts off talking about God, right? As the Lord liveth. So often we start off like that. As God so liveth, here we go, I have not a cake. All right? But a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise, 
And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. Now I want you guys to let that scripture sink in for a minute. She starts off saying, as God liveth, and she tells him, now all I've got is enough to do this, and then me and my son are going to eat it and die. This woman of God, entirely operating in only what you can see, smell, taste, touch. Amen? And she didn't made it gospel of her life. Oftentimes, many of us, that is the way we live. But I told you to go back. Now, look at that verse right there and jump back to chapter verse 9. I want to show you what God showed me. All in a couple of days. Now, watch this. Here's what God had already told Elijah. He said, Get thee to uh, Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to sustain thee. While she's sitting there, already planning her funeral, God says, I, oh my goodness. He said before she was even here or born, I already made provision. But she is so constant. So consumed with the natural that she's already planning a funeral. Listen, folks, I want to let you know when you get to the darkest time of your life, instead of sitting around talking about the darkness, reach into the light. Instead of just talking about the natural, reach into the supernatural. Now, I'm just going to give you a tip on how do you get there. It involves prayer, folks. Not just regular prayer, but a lot of times praying in the spirit. Like I said, it's another time. It is such a powerful tool. Why? Because it literally grabs, Paul says, lay hold on salvation. Lay hold on faith. We've got to literally grab this thing and don't let go of it. Amen? When you practice praying, I told you before, and I'm not bragging on myself, I want to show you the things that work. If it works for me, I'm coming in here quickly. Let me, folks, let me tell you all what works. Amen. That is the way, and it's not just me. God has called every single person. That's what it means to be a Christian. That is what it means to be a disciple of Christ. So that when he pours inside of you, it's not just for us to come here and occupy a pew every Sunday. But that your next door neighbor, when they encounter something, they can say, hey, hey, brother Frank, you go to that church down there. I noticed last week, you, man, you were always blessed. How does it happen? Well, let me tell you about it. That you could begin to pour into your sphere of influence and see changes come about. Amen? It involves prayer, folks. Prayer. You've got to spend time in prayer. I'm not talking about just walking around with a long cape. We talked about the prayer shawls. I don't mean you have to put on a shawl. I am talking about communicating with God everywhere, every how, every time, whenever, wherever. Wherever you find yourself, Paul says we must pray without ceasing. That means even when your mouth isn't moving, your heart is connecting with God. Amen? So we see here the dichotomy. One hand, she already had it all planned out. Funeral arrangements, call up the casket. What I'm, got it all set up for her and her son. And God has already told the prophet, I got you and her. Let's read on it. Let's jump back to uh, the previous verse. All right. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do thou hast go and do as thou hast said, but make me therefore a little cake first, and bring it unto me, 
and after make thee, make for thee and for thy son. Next verse. For thus saith the Lord of God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, meaning it shall not run out. Woo. Neither shall the crews of all fail until the day that the Lord send rain upon the earth. Now watch this. He already had the revelation from God. Go back to that verse, the one we just read. I want to show you something. All right, fresh just then. The Holy Spirit just told me, the first verse, you see where Elijah said it. He said, it's not going to rain according to what I said, right? He was walking with God. He's in communion with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Amen? Because back then, as you know, Goodness, I'm, I'm mixing all kind of. It's like when I start hearing from God, I want to tell you all of it. But remember in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit wasn't on everybody. And he certainly wasn't inside everybody. Oh my goodness, we've got such a huge example. And such a huge, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, advantage. The Spirit only came on certain men, like prophet and priest. Amen? We've got him every single day. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year, we've got him. So now watch this. So Elijah spoke it because he was in communion with God. God says, hey, you're in control of this. She's killed my prophets. I'm empowering you. And he went to speak boldly. This isn't going to happen until I say so. And here on the end of this verse, it says, neither shall the crews of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain. You see the hand in there? He says, even though I've spoken it, it's not going to come until God does it. <laughs> Meaning, I said this several Sundays ago, way, way back, when you stand before the difference between power and authority, when you stand on the behalf of God, but the Spirit of God, not only do you have power, but you now have the authority of all of heaven standing behind you. God says, my servant spoke it, guess what? I got his back. Amen. Whatever you are, whoever you are, whatever God has called you to do, when you operate in the spirit of God, God is saying, go on out there. Test me. I have got your back. Verse 15. Hallelujah. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she did. And he and her house did eat many days. Hallelujah. Next verse, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the crews of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake through Elisha last. So we see here, God had, to, you know, oftentimes we read this and we may be think, tempted to think it was just about Elisha or Elijah. But as we see here, this woman all just out there all by herself, God showed me here that even though you may seem to think this is just about my prophet, he says, this woman right here who is faithful to me, all out there by herself thinking, God doesn't think nobody knows the sorrow, just me and myself and my son going to die. God is saying, even though she thought she was insignificant, I already had an elaborate plan just for her and her son, just for her. I don't know who that is for. Somebody in here is sitting up this morning. 
you are facing what you think is the deepest or the biggest challenge of your life. And it's insurmountable. You can't see your way around it. I want to let you know that God says, I've already made provision for it. It is not taking me by surprise. I'm not applause. I am not, I'm not startled. I have made arrangements. And he sent the servant all the way across, and I can't even tell you the miles and miles he traveled, just so he could enter her life and show her how much God loved her. Now, a couple more verses, and we're ending. Philippians 4.19, this is a verse we all know. But my God shall supply all your need according to who? According to his riches in Christ. Who is he supplying your need according to? Why are you guys whispering? Don't be scared. Say it loud. My God shall supply all your need according to who? His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Gospel temple, God is going to supply your need according to what? <laughs> Whose riches? His riches. Every single thing we shall ever need, God is supplying it. How? By his riches. Now I could say if he said according to Greg's riches, or according to my riches, you might want to be, well, I don't know. He can't supply all of our needs. But he says according to his riches. Now, that's a whole nother message by itself. Because Christians quote this verse. It's probably one of the most quoted verses. But yet the Spirit of God told me, there's so many people starving. There's so many of my people are living in hard rocks. But there's a verse, and I was like, God, I just don't get it. Why? Well, if you look at the preceding verses, Paul was telling them, he says, you guys did all this stuff for me. You blessed me. You gave unto me. And because of your obedience and your gift and your willingness, hence the law that says whatsoever. Oh, my goodness. If you sow bountifully, you're going to do what? Reap. Because of what they did, hence, my God shall supply another law that was there all along that they just tapped into. Last verse. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And we're going to close in this verse. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that ye always having what? Don't whisper it again. Come on, say it loud to death. <laughs> say it. Don't be afraid to say the word of God. Practice hearing yourself say it. Sometimes you're riding in your car all by yourself. You might want to look. Am I the light? Nobody looking at me. God, you said, by, you know, you always having all sufficiency. That means every single thing I will ever need, your word says that you've got it. Amen. In all things may abound to every good work. Amen? And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that ye always having all sufficiency in all what? In all things may abound to every good work. Folk, this is not just a message. I don't want you to leave, oh, brother, that's to preach a good sermon. What's even more important is when you leave here, could you say that to the enemy in his face? I don't care if you say, I appreciate it. That's great. Everyone likes to be loved and like, I love it. But what is more important is when you go out there tomorrow and you face something that you could pull back to this Sunday and say, you know what? We talked about this this Sunday. He preached about this this Sunday. That is the word of God. And God, you says you are honor bound. You are committed to your word. 
and then look back and say, wait a second, all I could see is this right now, but in church Sunday, we learned that every single thing I'll ever need, you've already supplied it. So God, now all I need to know, Father God, how are you going to make it happen? All I need, listen, when you encounter that, those things in your life, that obstacle, here's the way you need to start praying. God, Father God, I need you not to reveal to me how do I get my source back. How do I, not my source, how do I get my stuff? Father, if it's somebody, you're going to bless. Because remember, we looked at Job several weeks ago, how God blesses, he uses people. So then your prayer should be, God, yeah, I'm facing a financial, look, Father God, you've got somebody now who holding my money. The Bible says the wealth of the wicked is laid up in store for the righteous. Don't do all this chicken with the head cut off kind of deals. You pray, God, Father God, who it is? Show me somebody. Look, I could give you testimonies of people who are right there and God, it is just so powerful. Where God spoke to somebody months and months ago and said, I need you to give this person such and such and such. And they, 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 they never saw it. They were holding back. God, you sure I should write this check? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six months later, they decided, well, okay, God. And the person has been struggling and praying for six months. And they come and say, you know something? God told me to give you this six months ago, but I've been holding out. So we need to begin to pray with direction. Stop all this wild praying. Oh, Father God. I know it sounds beautiful. Oh, God, pour out your spirit. He's already poured it out. Amen. Receive it. Amen. I'm have to close. I'm telling you, this week has been, it's like a refreshing. God has done so much stuff we do in the church. We cry not, God. Then we sound great. You know, it sounds beautiful. I want you to pour out your spirit. He says, I'm sending my comforter. There's no part in the scripture that says he's going to pull it back. None. Guess what? He's here. All we got to do is find out how do I tap in to what is already done. Oh, Father God, the doctor says, I've got triple, double, 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 double. Oh, God, I need you to heal me. By his stripes, you were and are healed. You don't need to be praying, God, I need you to heal me. God, how do I tap into that healing that you've already done? I promise you one thing. As you change the way you pray and understanding God's word, it will change your life. Folks, just in the six, eight, ten months that God's been showing me, my life has changed completely. I don't have time to tell you all the little things because I don't want you to think it's all about me. It's all about God his word, and how I understand his word. And it's the same thing for you. I promise you, it is going to change your world. And when each individual, when our lives begin to change, guess what's going to happen to the gospel temple? Amen. Folks are going to be busting down the walls to come in here. Mark my words, folks. Amen. Why? They're not going to be coming just to hear a person preach or just to hear a choir sing, they're going to be coming here. Why? Because they're going to start hearing the power of God is moving in that place. There's people getting healed. There's dead being brought back to life. Yep, I said it. There's all kind of miracles happening. Why? Because they've understood how to tap into who we already are and what God has already done. Stand with me. Let's give God some praise. Hallelujah. That's all God told me to give you this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah.
Father God, lift your hands with me all over this place. Father, I am absolutely thoroughly convinced that your love for me and for your people and for this church, it is so great that we cannot even begin to understand. And I only realize that the enemy wants to steal that knowledge from us. But in the name of your son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Messiah, your sent one, I declare over this church and over this house that every blinded eyes be opened in the name of Jesus. Let the love, your love, your love flow, God. Meaningful, legitimate love, your love flow from the left to the right, from the back to the front, between every different department, every organization, oh Father God. Let your love flow in this place. Father, open the eyes of our heart. Open the eyes of our understanding. Because we don't want to live blinded anymore. We do not want to live in ignorance anymore. But we want to understand the mysteries that you've prepared for us. I give you the glory. I give you the honor. And I give you the praise. Come on, just for one minute, just tell him thank you all over this place.